In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Many happy returns. Today is um, Hosanna Sunday. We call it Hosanna Sunday because as the Lord Jesus Christ was entering into the city of Jerusalem, the people cried out to him and said, Hosanna. And Hosanna means save us, as in uh, a call or a plea, uh, identifying the Lord Jesus Christ as the king and seeking that he would be a savior to them. Um, and, and they were crying out to him, seeking the salvation from him. When the Lord entered into Jerusalem, one of the very first things that he did is he went to the temple and he noticed that there were people who were buying and selling in the temple and they were using the temple uh, as a means for selling their merchandise so that they could gain money and profit. And so the Lord, um, it says about him in verse 45, then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it. And the Lord drove out these merchants, and actually he did so um, very firmly, and he overturned their tables, and he even um, used a whip to cast them out. God arranged his house for a certain purpose, a purpose that is otherworldly, a purpose that is beyond this world. And when we take the house of God and we use it simply as another place, as another building, as another organization, as another you know, place where all the other things of the world happen in it, then the, the house of God loses its, um, its salvific aspect. It loses the ability to raise us up from this world to the eternal life, to the, to, the, to the life that's after this one. Because when people come into it, they see it as just another place, just as another place like anywhere else that they might go to in the world. And that's why the Lord took this very, very seriously. Because he did not want people to associate his house with buying and selling as a business. Sadly, we see in our world today that there are many places that call themselves places of God, and yet they do maybe this. Maybe they use this um, position that they have and exploit it and use it as a means of gaining profit in one way or the other. And so it reduces the church to being just a mere organization. And when the people in the world look at it, they see it maybe even as a place of hypocrisy or a place of corruption, a place of theft, not a place of salvation, not a place to lift people up, but just another way to exploit the people. So very briefly, I'm going to speak about how is it that some people exploit the house of God and in what ways they do it. The first is maybe an exploitation for money. In Luke 19:46, we read, It is written, My house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Actually, even these people who are buying and selling, they were doing it in a way to exploit the people because um, at this time of year, which was the Passover, everyone had to offer a sacrifice. And so everyone had to have some kind of an animal in order to, uh, in, in order to offer it as a sacrifice. And so they would come to the temple and there would be plenty of people there that were willing to sell them the, an animal for the sacrifice and they would sell it almost like at very exorbitant prices and they would um, not make it easy for people to be able to afford this animal and buy it to offer and so they would make money from it. So the temple turned into a marketplace for selling sacrifices and this was not at all the focus of worship. These people, instead of focusing on the idea of wanting to facilitate the offering of sacrifices to reconcile the people with God, they did it as a, way, a means of gaining profit for themselves. So again, we find some people exploiting the house of God to make money for themselves. We also find people exploiting the house of God for power. In John 11:48, the Pharisees are speaking about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and they are saying that they do not want him to have influence and power and, and that people would flock to him. Why? Because it says, if we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. What is it that the Pharisees were interested in? The Pharisees were actually the spiritual leaders. They're the ones that are supposed to um, be joyful when the people come to God. If, and if the Lord Jesus Christ is facilitating that, if the Lord Jesus Christ is bringing the people to God, then the Pharisees actually should be joyful. This is supposedly what it is that they want. And yet it is revealed to us here that what they really want is influence. They want power. And they did not want the people to go to Christ because if they did, then they would lose all of their power and the Romans would take, uh, them, take away their place. They wouldn't be, have any, any uh, form of influence anymore. So again, this is an exploitation of their position. How is it that the church should function? It should, church, uh, should function for the sake of the good of the people, not because it wants to have power over them, not because it wants to have influence over them, but for their salvation. Again, this is the house of God. When we see uh, a place again <coughs> that is uh, a church that tries to have control and power over the people, not for the sake of salvation, but for any other reason, this is an exploitation. Another uh, way that people exploit the house of God <coughs> is for politics. Sadly, there are many, many churches um, that are, you know, have this idea of politics and religion very closely intertwined together, that you cannot separate the two. And almost that religion becomes a form of politics. In the book of Matthew chapter 22, we read about what the Lord said about paying taxes. He said, tell us therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And in this, he, he, he created a separation. He said, as far as the civic duty, do your civic duty and do it right. Do it the way it is supposed to be done. Do not say that because we are believers that we should not pay the taxes or we should not do our civic duty. But the civic duty is separate from the religious duty. The spiritual is separate from the civil. And so God made it very clear for us that the church should not be a place of politics. Maybe some of the opinions that we express, some of the beliefs that we have, um, are relevant to the sphere of politics. But we are not here to discuss politics. We are not here to try to promote any kind of <coughs> policy. We are here speaking about what is it that God wants us to do? What is it that God has called us for? How is it that we should live in the world? So people, again, who try to use the place of God which is the church, in order to promote some kind of politics. Again, this is not the intention. This is not how God wants us to use the church. It debases the church and makes the church to be just like any other organization, just like any other place. The church should be a place of salvation for all of us. Another way that people exploit the house of God is for secular philosophy. Secular philosophy, meaning the church is not just about doing good in the world, the church is not just about promoting some kind of ideas or, or some kind of, you know, uh, chari charity. The, the church is not just about doing community service. The church is not just about positive thinking. The church is not just about um, therapy. The church is a spiritual institution. The church is a place where we connect with God. And maybe the church does some of these other things. 
But that is not the purpose of the church. That is not the, the full function of the church. Those things are a side product of what we are doing here, which is connecting with God, which is drawing closer to the Lord. It is a spiritual house. It is a place where the Holy Spirit works, and the Holy Spirit works in all of us. So when we come to the church, our mindset should be we are coming to connect with the Lord. It is a spiritual connection, and that spiritual connection might result in us to serve the community. That, that spiritual connection might result in us helping others, might result in us to do other things and to seek justice in the world. But the seeking justice itself is not the primary goal. Sadly, there are many churches who do not talk about prayer, do not talk about fasting, do not talk about forgiveness or repentance, do not talk about these things. What they talk about is only social justice, only how is it that we can change the world for good. So even if we can do make a positive change to the world, but if we do not do it through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in us, then it is, it is vanity. The final point I want to mention of how people might exploit the church of God is for personal motives. In, in the Philippians chapter 1, St. Paul said, Some indeed preach Christ, even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, <coughs> not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. Meaning there are some people in the church who do not preach Christ. They preach their own message because of some selfish ambition that they have. They come to the, to the church because they have a certain opinion. And maybe that opinion is contrary to that that the church believes. And they take the opportunity of being here or whatever position of influence that they have to teach contrary to what the church preaches. It is... The church is a place for the word of God. It is not a place for our opinions. It's not a place for what I personally think. It doesn't mean that I'm not entitled to have an opinion, but I cannot teach this opinion as though it is doctrine, as though it is the truth. It is maybe an idea that I have in myself, but I do not teach it and I do not place it equal to be with the word of God. The church is also not a place to gain prominence or to gain some kind of position or to gain some kind of status. The church is not a place simply to satisfy my social needs. The church is not a place to come simply because I want to get married. The church is not a place to show off my skills. The church has one function, and that is the salvation of humanity. That is what the church is. When we use the church for any other purpose, we debase it. We make it to be, again, like any other organization in the world. And instead of exalting it and looking in it and saying, this is the ark of salvation for all, all of us to be saved, we, we bring it down low to the level of the earth. Instead of it being a place where we are lifted up, <coughs> it simply becomes a place where we practice what is practiced everywhere. And I think today is an example of the heavenly life. When someone says we are going to come to church from 7.30 in the morning and we're going to stay here until maybe 1.30 p.m. and then we're going to go home and rest and come back again at 5 p.m. and spend this entire day and this entire week doing nothing but coming to the church constantly, incessantly. This is an example of the heavenly life that we are sacrificing of ourselves, we are sacrificing of all the other activities that we could be doing because we want to come here and we want to worship. This is what the church is about. The church elevates us, it lifts us up, it, it makes us to have a spiritual mind, not simply a mind that is filled with earthly ideas and earthly thoughts, but a place for the Lord Jesus Christ to come and dwell in our hearts and the grace of God to work mightily in us. 
So may God grant us today and the rest of this week and all throughout the year that we place God above all other things and that we remember that the church is his house. We come here to meet with him, not to gain anything else but the salvation of our souls. And glory be to God forever. Amen.